Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to Christmas News, where we talk about Christmas and ignore the news. I'm Molly Molshine. And I'm Casey Bunker. Our first guest this week is Alex Torian, who's going to tell us all about Christmas Down Under, mate. And then we're going to talk to Caroline Moss of the G Thanks Just Bought It podcast about how to shop this Christmas and also about a couple of our favorite Christmas movies. We're going to name our holiday cheermeisters. We're going to teach you some fun new cocktails and maybe a little detox drink. So let's get started. Hey, Casey, how are you this week? I'm doing well, thanks. It's December, it's Sagittarius season. You know, this is when I thrive. So I'm, I'm having a great time. How are you this week? I'm pretty good too. I'm a little nervous. I'll just get right into it. My Christmas character this week, this is a little bit of a spoiler because it does come up in our conversation with Caroline as well, but my Christmas character is Billy Mack from Love Actually. Wow. Okay, yeah. why, why is that? I am performing in my first stand-up comedy show since the second lockdown on Tuesday. And I'm really excited about it because I haven't performed in over a month. And before that, I hadn't performed in like six months. So it's going to be fun. You know, stand-up is my lifeblood. It is the thing that keeps me going. And it's just my favorite thing in the world. But at the same time, I'm shitting rocks because... I haven't performed in so long and I'm like, so much has happened. There was the election, there's the second lockdown, Christmas is coming. And I'm just like, how am I going to make a comeback? I need to like infuse myself with the spirit of Billy Mac and figure out how I'm going to just plow forward, you know, like. And take your pants off. Yeah. It's been so long that I'm definitely going to use clothing as a punchline because that's how desperate I am. I'm going to wear some like reindeer ears or something because it is sort of a Christmas themed show. (gasps) How fun. Yeah. So I'm going to probably use corny material. It's just, I'm so nervous and I'm so scared, but I'm really hoping that the spirit of Christmas will buoy me through. Yeah, no, you definitely need to, to harness that Billy Mac energy and just really get up there and go for it. Yeah. Um, I wish I had a manager to come with me. And because of COVID, I can't actually bring anyone with me. It it can only be like people who are buying a substantial meal in the restaurant can go. And I don't think any of my friends bought tickets, which is purposeful because I don't want them to see me just in case I bomb. So I'm going to be all alone on Christmas Eve. What does he say in, in love? Actually, he's like, 
Oh, with a cute bird balancing on me balls? Yeah, I'm not going to have that. I'm just going to be <laughs> alone and it's sad. But it's going to be a good show. The show is called Comedy Kiss, and it's run by two great comics in London, Vix Layton and Jessica Ashkenazi. So it's great. I think I'm going to make new friends. I think I'm going to have a good time. Even if every single joke doesn't go amazing, um, it's still going to be fun. So, I, But I, I am just a little bit scared. And I'm also, also, if people are wearing masks and I can't see them laugh, that's going to be a nightmare too. Yeah. Yeah. Then you have to just work really, really hard at imagining that they are laughing behind the mask. Which is what I'm doing half the time anyway. Yeah. Okay, good. So um, do you have a special drink this week? Yeah. Honestly, my drink this week is <gasps> tea. Oh no. I overdid it. <laughs> a lot several times in the past week. So I decided that I needed to detox a little bit. I also need to get back on track with my, you know, holiday calorie counting a little bit. So my, I know, I know it's just because I know that a lot of more eating and drinking is going to be coming up. So I'm like, I need to take a quick breather So I'm having this chocolate tea. It's one of my favorite secrets is to, instead of having a chocolatey dessert at night, just drink chocolate flavored hot water. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's sad. sad. It is sad, (laughs) but it helps a little. And it's like, it's sort of got a little bit of a rooibos tinge to it. So it's warming. It's happy. It is a good tea. It's called Choco. It just says Choco on the label. So. Oh, cute. Okay. Good. Good for you. Yeah. What's your, I'm sorry if I'm bringing the mood down with my nerves. No, it is what it is. What's your Christmas character this week? Um, this week I am the snow miser from the year without a Santa Claus because it snowed in Nashville last week. I can't believe that. I know. And it actually stuck like a little bit. Like there, there was probably a half centimeter of snowfall on the ground at one point. Wow. Did you freak out? Um, yeah, I just, it's, I mean, it's nice to be working from home at that point. Cause if I was in the office, like I don't have a view of a window in my office. So, um, I was able to just like stare out the window and look at the snow for a little bit. It was really nice. And I'm just loving, like when I do walk outside and it's cold and like, this feels amazing. I'm more of a cold weather gal myself. So I would like the cold weather to continue. I am the snow miser. That's great. Did you watch this new series on Netflix at all? The Christmas movies that made us? No. Their first episode is about Elf and it's all about how those old stop motion animations from the 60s inspired the look and feel of Elf. It's really good. I would watch it. It's, I highly recommend it. It was one documentary or like a series? It's It's a a series. series. Yeah. I've only watched the Elf one so far, but yeah, it's really good. Oh, cool. Okay. I'll definitely have to watch that. And then for my drink this week, I have a glass of mulled wine, hot wine, Van Schoed, or what are the, what's the Glog, I think? What's the German name for it? I don't know. It's very fabulous, very popular in Europe at the little Christmas markets. So I got one of the like three buck chucks from Trader Joe's because I didn't want to like get a really fancy wine just to heat it up. And then there's some cinnamon in here. I got the mul- some mulling spices from Whole Foods, an orange, and a cinnamon stick. Did you have to mull the entire bottle at once? I just did my own little amount. And it like worked? Two glasses, yeah. Nice. 
Yeah, something cool in London, they have, they're selling mulled wine out of all the pubs right now, which they wouldn't normally be doing because you would have to go inside. But now all the, a lot of the pubs have just a little window where you walk up and order mulled wine and just take it to go. Oh, that's nice. Have you done it? Yeah, we did it once. It was a little bit of a ripoff. It was like seven pounds for a little Dixie cup. And it was actually, the problem was it was too hot to walk and drink at the same time. Oh, shoot. So next time we're going to have to do it stationary, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of cocktails, a friend of mine named Alex Torian is joining us. And it's speaking of cocktails because she and I have been known to over imbibe a little bit, especially with the wine. We went to Lake Como together last year with our boyfriends and we've been to the Alps together and there's always way too much wine flowing when that happens. And she is going to join us right now to tell us all about Christmas in Australia. And Alex is going to tell us whether my first grade book report on a, an Australian Christmas was correct or if I need to call back all the Bayhead School first graders from back in 1998 and uh, tell them I, I have some splaining to do. <laughs> Alex Torian is here from Australia. Well, from London, but she's from Australia. So good day, mate. Good day. Are we allowed to say that? Does everyone say it to you? Um, a lot of people I know don't say it, but it is still an expression that is used. So that is allowed. Okay. You should say, you should say g'day, how's it going, mate? Oh, is that more authentic? More, pro- more proper. Okay. G'day, how's it going? Oh my God. I'm going to stop <laughs> doing that. But <laughs> what are some of the main differences that you've observed between an Australian Christmas and a British Christmas? So over in the UK, there's definitely a much bigger build-up to Christmas. It's, um, you know, it's really about the festive season, the countdown to the Christmas lights, you know, the count, even just like the lead up to Thanksgiving, I find is quite exciting, even though that's very much um, an, Amer- an American um, tradition. Whereas in Australia, it's, um, it's more of a build-up to summer and the party season because after it's, um, you know, Christmas, ha- Christmas will happen. And then it's more like but the party keeps going because then it's summer and um, all the good weather as well. And I do find that in Australia, um, even like the decorations as well, it's not as, um, it's definitely not as well lit as the UK. And I think Sydney of all places has so much potential to go really crazy with Christmas lights. Um, you've got the Harbour Bridge and the Opera House, but at least during the time that I was living there, they haven't taken advantage of that as much. The other thing I've really observed is that there's very like, very traditional over in the UK. Everyone has to have the turkey, the pigs and blankets, the um, mince pies and things like that. Whereas in Australia, like a lot of people have a lot of different backgrounds. So it's um, seafood is definitely like the hero of the dish. And then everything else around that, it integrates parts of their culture as well. So my background is Italian. And so we would have seafood as a hero, but then we'd have pasta dishes and antipasto and all of them. The ingredients um, to accompany it. But yeah, the UK I find is very set on what the menu is going to be. It doesn't really differ too much from that. Yeah. They're like, we have to have tan food only. We're only having tan food for Christmas. <laughs> Do you know something else? I thought mince pies had meat in them until like this year. I mean, it's a fair misunderstanding because mince pies, like mince is like meat. <laughs> yeah. So- okay. I definitely thought that too. <laughs> <laughs> And because they say mincemeat, when you buy it in a jar, it's 
I, like they sell mincemeat. So I always thought that was like ground beef in a jar. And I was like, that's disgusting, but seems British. So I'll go with it. <laughs> but then I looked at it again and I was like, oh my God, it's fruit. Yeah. 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 Crazy. So they do sell mince pies in Australia as well. I think Australia is trying to um, sort of like take part in these traditional foods and things, but having a turkey, I mean, at least in my experience and any of my friends I've spoken to, just turning on the oven on Christmas day is just something most people try and avoid given it's a lot, a lot warmer. Yeah. Are you doing like a barbecue? Um, I haven't always done a barbecue. Kind of, you need to do a bit of a weather planning because in Sydney it does tend to rain on Christmas Day, which is a bit outrageous. But so it's yeah, like it hot gets, and rainy. Yeah, it gets really humid, so it's a bit of a a weird weird climate on Christmas Day. Again, this is just in Sydney. Um, across the country, like Perth and Queensland, probably have excellent weather. But yeah, a lot of people would do a barbecue as well, and that would be a combination of the old your lamb, sausages, seafood as well on a barbecue. Um, yeah, so if you've got the right weather for it, then definitely. Yeah, I think um, a lot of expats tend to really push the barbecue thing as well, or barbecue on the beach, which um, I don't think as many Australians do that as you would think. I think it's more expats. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, but um, the, other, the other observation as well, it's um, the summer of sport as well. So whenever I think of Christmas time, I'm like, oh, the cricket's starting up. Um, I think there's like a few other sporting events that go on around the same time. The tennis as well as a big lead up. So the, the build up to Christmas is more about the build up of summer. That is so confusing and crazy. Like I would lose <laughs> my mind if I was over there during Christmas, I think like just trying to make sense of it and how different that sounds. Yeah, it does. It does sound different. But then again, when I came up to the UK, I was I was really confused. I was like, wait, why is everyone going so ballistic over Christmas lights? Like, who cares? Um, why is everyone talking about pigs and blankets? What is pigs and blankets? I don't understand. So I guess when you've, um, when you've grown up with it and you've not, not known anything else, it is um, strange. But I can appreciate if you've only grown up with a cold Christmas or a white Christmas, coming to Australia would be a bit of a shock, I think. Yeah, I went to my, my husband's from South Africa. So I went there for Christmas um, one time and it was totally different, but it's the same thing. It's like, everyone's on holiday. There's all this traffic. Like he's from Cape Town and like a lot of people from the country go to Cape Town to vacation. And it's totally the summer vibe. Like it's like a 4th of July in the US kind of vibe of like barbecues and going to the beach and that kind of thing. But it's fun. Like, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't throw me off too much. But I guess, yeah. I, I don't know. I was expecting it to be different from the US. I think, I think Australians do secretly want a white Christmas. It's like, if we could have one day of the year where it's really, really cold and we won't complain about it, it is Christmas because we also grew up watching all the films. There's no, I actually Googled it. There's no Australian Christmas films, at least not in the last um, last 15 or 20 years. There was the Australian Bush Christmas, which had Nicole Kidman in it, which is very exciting. But <laughs> what? What is that? What's it about? It's um, I actually haven't like watched a trailer or anything, but it's a about a Christmas in the bush, and that that was apparently her her film debut. So I think oh maybe God. maybe something maybe something worth a watch in the next couple of weeks instead of Love Actually or Home Alone. What is the bush? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's um <laughs> it's a good question um it's usually associated with um either the outback or in like rural parts of australia i also like live close to bushland as well so it kind of de depends on what you define as a bush whether it's bushland or being out in like rural areas in the outback as well um and in the bush you, that's where you'd find all the native australian animals so koalas and kangaroos and um things but yeah that's what we refer to as the bush um, is it because know. there's a lot of bushes yeah pretty much <laughs> for, for lack of um a better explanation but yeah um so some people probably have um a bush christmas as well depending on um what your vibe is over christmas but maybe worth giving that film a watch to um, brush up in your knowledge and all things about the bush. Oh my god, I would love to watch that. That sounds so fabulous. <laughs> yeah, but otherwise we did grow up, or at least I certainly grew up watching um, Home Alone, Griswolds, Love Actually, and you know, within that you see snow and winter, mulled wine, all things cute Christmas, and then you look at Australia and go, hmm, yeah, <laughs> not quite the vision of Christmas really, so... You yeah, have, we need some more Australian, we need an Australian Christmas movie. Like we need more settings at Christmas. Why does every Christmas movie need to have the cold, cute little town? Like, yeah, I think spice it up. up. I think maybe bring back Crocodile Dundee and he can do, he can do Christmas, um, you know, just, just, just throwing it out there. Um, I think it would be nice to have like different Christmas films because Christmas is celebrated all over the world, including the Southern hemisphere. And for, for the folks in the Southern Hemisphere, like our Christmas is just so different to everyone else. So I think um, it would be nice just to show the flip side of how that looks that, you know, I'm certainly not complaining about all the lovely Christmas movies I've seen so far, but maybe one for the future. Do you Definitely. like the British Christmas now that you've experienced it? I really do. It's just such a, it's just a really magical time of year. And I, I just love the excitement and the build up to Christmas. Everyone's um, cheery. Also, let's not forget the silly season as well. Um, yeah, I've, I've become very accustomed to a British Christmas. But the way I see Christmas is like, it's about the people you spend it with. So, um, you know, there has been times where it's quite difficult not being with my family and um, all the plates of seafood and all the things I enjoyed as a kid on Australian Christmas too. So, um, but yeah, that, no, British Christmas is definitely uh, fantastic though. So uh, does, does Santa come to Australia with reindeer? Because I did, <laughs> <laughs> I did a book report in first grade about Australian Christmas. And I don't remember much about it. Molly <laughs> reminded me today about this song that's, it was Jingle Bells, but it, why don't you sing it, Mal? I'm not going to sing it. It was, so it was like, it was like an Australian version of Jingle Bells, allegedly, but I always wondered if anyone in Australia actually sings this or if it was just made up by someone on the internet and it ended up in Casey's school project. And the words that it started with were dashing through the bush in a rusty Holden ute. And we were like, what's a Holden ute? And it's a utility vehicle. Yeah. So is that real? <laughs> I mean, I've never heard of that, but okay. I could be, potentially I'm a bit slow. I feel like that's something that you would sing in like a pub or um, it might be a social media thing as well. It wouldn't surprise me if it is a thing and I'm just, um, I'm, I'm just a little bit slow 
but um that is but it's very- not the official jingle bells of australia then no i don't think it's an official one but <laughs> um, let me clarify with a few sources and i can get back to you <laughs> okay perfect that's what we thought we were like they don't sing the regular jingle bells they have a different one and this is it and we both <laughs> learned it but so does santa have reindeer yeah, um, I mean, I was always raised in the fact that Santa bought reindeer. We always had to, we never left milk out though, because in the heat, like the milk would just expire like straight away. So we always left uh, carrots and a glass of whiskey or a cold glass of um, like juice or something. Whiskey. It had to be something. Yeah. Because <laughs> nice. that can be enjoyed warm. It, de- it depends like what you're, you know, I'm, I'm assuming Santa liked um, whiskey without ice because we never put ice in it. Or um, you could leave like a juice out, something that's not um, dairy and would curdle and go a little bit gross. But yeah, so as far as um, we were taught, it was um, Santa had reindeer. Okay. I was, the internet lied to me back in 1998. It's either that or my family lied to me. So it could be one of those two things. Maybe I've been taught the whole wrong thing. It, it, It said online that he is led by kangaroos. I think if this was just like a list of Australian stereotypes that someone like yeah. made Christmas themed and then we, you like went and presented it to your class like it was all definitely true. Yeah. And then the, uh, which it doesn't make any sense because the reindeer can fly. So why would you switch them out? For, oh, because it was too hot for the reindeer, I think. But then the other thing was that there, instead of stockings hung by the fireplace, there was like a little bag at the foot of each bed that kids made obviously not are you or stockings possibly just not in my family but I don't think so I I think we were just taught the traditional one um which is just with the reindeer and Santa on his sleigh and and everything so um yeah I mean that that could just have been my family maybe they've taught me the wrong thing this entire time and I've been lied to no I think it's more likely that six-year-old me taught a class of first graders (laughs) the wrong thing (laughs) I need to uh, contact some people and let them know the truth. Well, maybe um, the Nicole Kidman um, Christmas in the Bush film can shed some shed some light for all of us, and um, that can be our source of truth moving forwards. Perfect. And what about um, Christmas music in Australia? Like same kind of stuff you'd hear in the UK. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Mariah Carey, an absolute banger. It's a banger in Australia as well. We listen to all the traditional Christmas carols. My family's uh, Christmas carols of choice was always um, Boney M, um, which um, they do fantastic Christmas carols. And of course, um, Elvis Presley, because my mother um, lives and breeds Elvis. And I never heard the jingle bells in the bush one. (laughs) 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 you guys talking about but I'm certainly going to um I'll ask around and see if anyone knows that particular Christmas carol maybe I'm just missing a mark do you eat Vegemite on Christmas at all maybe for breakfast because that's normally when I would eat Vegemite but it doesn't make an appearance in a in a meal or anything Vegemite is very much just like something you have on toast or a sandwich just trying to think if there's any Vegemite meals but yeah, unless you like add it into a sauce or something, but um, it's Vegemite's the same as Marmite. You either love it or you hate it. Like not all Australians will eat Vegemite, but I'm a personal fan of Vegemite more so than Marmite. What I'm are you going to miss the most about not being home in Australia for Christmas this year? Um, I'd say like I really like the, the food in Australia during Christmas time because I, I personally like love seafood. 
Um, and when we have, um, at least when my family do Christmas, it's just like a spread of any type of seafood you can imagine. Um, I spoke to a couple of friends about what they had on their Christmas day and seafood was always a common thread, but something my family never did was lobster. Um, but I was speaking to a few people and they're like, the lobster is like their turkey. It's like the hero of the dish, but that's not something I ever personally had, but something apparently is like quite big. Um, definitely being with my family and also just um, the little traditions that we have during Christmas. Like um, it's quite classic to do backyard uh, cricket after a, after a day of um, eating your Christmas food and going into the pool. And yeah, I think, and also just like the sentiment of like the party season, it's um, the build up to summer, everyone else is on holidays from work. It's just, um, it's a really nice time of year. Everyone's very relaxed. Like probably um, the classic persona of Australia is that we're super laid back and easygoing. So that's that's something you would definitely see around Christmas time. And also, um, well, it's not really a Christmas theme, but also the build up to New Year's is quite big, it, particularly in Sydney, because Sydney do excellent uh, fireworks and light displays. So um, there's always like a very big hype, like where are you going to be on New Year's? Are you going to be in a harbour? Are you going to be at a viewpoint? So um, yeah, that's always a nice time of year too. But something I actually found that was quite weird in Australia, and this is what I mean how it's not so much of a build up to the festive period, is um, they don't do the 12 days of Christmas with the lights. Um, so on Christmas day, they take the lights and all the decorations down. It's like such a, it's such a buzzkill. <laughs> what? So, yeah, so normally um, it's, yeah, so normally to like early Jan is when the Christmas lights and all the decorations are up, but pretty much on Christmas day, they just, they start, they take the decorations down. It's outrageous. Oh, that's Darn. such a bummer. But yeah. I guess you have the rest of summer to look forward to. So you're like, I feel like in the colder climates, we're just clinging to that Christmas moment because the next four months are going to be kind of miserable. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> in Australia, the next four months are going to be amazing and beautiful. So it's like, yeah, that's over. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, that's actually a good point. Because I think we try and in um, Britain, we try and extend the festivities for as long as um is commercially acceptable and then we we get into the wrath of january and here we go so we're all doing the january and um dry january as well so it's always a tough month ahead well alex thank you so much for telling us all about christmas in australia you've blown my mind no problem i hope i've um provided some insight um i hope everyone does go watch um the nicole kidman film um the bush christmas um, I'm sure it's an, I'm sure it's an absolute stellar. So um, yeah, forget love actually and start watching Australian Christmas films from back in the 70s. Wow, I cannot wait to track down that Nicole Kidman Christmas movie and watch the crap out of it. Same. I hope it's on some streaming service that I already am subscribed to. Like right. Speaking of which, I am not subscribed to all of the streaming services and I can't get everything in the UK. So I need you to tell me about all of the specials that came out this past week. Okay. This has been an incredible week for me and for anyone who loves a good cheesy celebrity Christmas special. So first of all, on Wednesday, we had the Rockefeller Christmas tree lighting, which I mean, was kind of the same vibe as every year. Honestly, it didn't change too much because of COVID because they don't really like zoom in on the crowds that much anyway. So it was just the same, but no crowds. Um, and then right after that, we had the Rockettes Christmas Spectacular on NBC too. And they just showed like the five or six main dances from the Christmas Spectacular at Radio City. So obviously I loved that. Was the robotic camel and donkey there? Um, yes. 
they did have the animals come out they show yeah they showed the nativity scene with all the animals and everything great and dan and i had a good giggle at the camels because they're definitely real (laughs) um (laughs) and then on thursday so that was wednesday thursday night carrie underwood's christmas special came out on hbo max I'm not like the biggest fan of hers, but I, but I do appreciate her and how her like, you know, I love a good Southern female revenge anthem. Yes. So love that. And she always just looks like absolutely flawless. So this, this special was like her standing on stage. This is what it was like. You know, those holiday Barbies that they used to sell. <gasps> yes, they were so cute. The special edition with like the giant dress and they were like gorgeous and you were like, okay, maybe I shouldn't take this out of the case kind of thing. Yeah. So it was like that. But if those Barbies were singing the last scene of A Star is Born. Wow, that sounds wonderful. Was it a little boring though? That sounds kind yeah. of repetitive. Yeah, it was, it was boring. Yeah, it was boring, but it was like, very like it was it was more christian too like it was more so like the oh holy nights of the world and the silent nights john legend had a cameo he performed a song with her but it's very much like maybe put it on in the background of dinner one night yeah i was gonna say it sounds like a good backgrounder but it was absolutely visually gorgeous too and they show the orchestra playing their instruments and there was a choir and everything too that's really Um, nice all i want these days is something to visually stun me honestly I, I just am so sick of the Instagram algorithm failing me time and time again and putting across crappy stuff. I just want to watch something, a special, a variety show. I will take anything that's sparkly and gorgeous. I just want to wear sparkles 24-7. I just want some visual splendor in my life right now. So maybe I will check, try to check that out if I can track me it down too. over here. And like all of these Christmas specials, every woman putting them out is just going for it. Like just fully, like full glam, full, like every dress that she wore was like six feet in diameter. Like, okay. That's what I need right now. Yeah. You would like this for sure. It's just nice to like, just sit there and relax and watch it. Um, and then, oh, and she also has one number with her son who's six and they do Little Drummer Boy and it is so cute. Like they show her recording it with him and he's like getting so into it. Even just to listen to it is really cute because it's his little six-year-old voice and he can't say his R's. So he says, pum 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 Stop. That might be the only acceptable version of Little Drummer Boy. It's so cute. That is really cute. I always think of Jessica and Ashley Simpson doing Little Drummer Boy <laughs> in their in the Nick Lachey Jessica Simpson holiday special from back in the day which was so great can you imagine if like the hot teen couple or early 20 something couple of today was to put out a freaking hour-long variety show about Christmas we did not know how good we had it in the early 2000s when it comes to just the amount of material that our pop stars were churning out so they did this special and Ashley and Jessica sing little drummer boy and it's this like slow sensual version and they're both trying to like out sexy baby voice each other it's so weird do you remember it have you seen it recently no I don't think I've ever seen that I have to find it and send you a link because it's absurd yeah that's ridiculous so Mariah had one come out too right yes so if Carrie Underwood's left you 
you know, missing that really cheesy storyline in a holiday Christmas special, Mariah's delivered on that, okay? She was at the North Pole for the majority of the special. It's just so good. And she, again, going full glam. Like, just, she, it was, Mariah Carey's Christmas special was the special we all deserved this year. Like, did you get to watch it? No, I haven't seen it yet. I don't have Apple TV Plus. I need to get it. Oh my gosh. It was good. She was like up at the North Pole um, at home. There was a cameo from Charlie Brown and the Peanuts characters. Oh. Yeah, which is just, so then I ended up watching the Charlie Brown Christmas special or what's the episode? Is that on Apple TV Plus? Yes, it is. That's really smart cross promo. Because you are probably one of a million people who did that because, yeah, you just are like, oh, my God, I need to watch that special. Yeah, and they suggested it after I finished the Mariah Carey one. It was, like, the first suggestion. Smart. I found out that Dan had never watched Charlie Brown before. What? You never know what stuff makes it to other countries and what doesn't. Yeah. And, I mean, it was filmed in, like, 1964, so I guess it probably was in South Africa back then. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so we watched it, and and it was nice. And it that one is another good watch because it's just really relaxing to watch. Yeah. I'm going to try – oh, my God, I'm going to download Apple TV Plus right now and watch all that stuff. It's funny, like – like you said, the things that become a staple and don't, it's like a Christmas story. Nick has never really seen that start to finish. He never saw a National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation start to finish until this year. There are so many interesting things like that. Whereas I feel like Home Alone is massive here in the UK. I think it's actually bigger for people our age here than it even was for us in the US because we were into it. But here it's like, it is a staple for Christmas time. Yeah, like what? There's no reason for one and not the other. Yeah. But yeah, those were the Christmas specials that came out this weekend. And then also, Dolly Parton has a Christmas special coming out tonight, which this is Sunday. So yesterday, once you hear this, but I, I don't know when she sleeps. Like, how is she doing all of this? So I think I had originally heard about that. And then when I tuned into her movie, Christmas on the Square, which we discussed in last week's episode, I thought it was going to be a Christmas special, and I was <laughs> totally surprised with what I found. So now we're getting a Christmas special from her tonight. Oh, and there's one other thing. Amazon has every Tuesday night of, De- of December, they're having an artist series. It's Amazon Plays, I think. So Miley Cyrus did um, Tuesday night this week. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Don't you find it so confusing how she's promoting a normal album right now? Yes. I didn't watch the Amazon Plays thing yet, but it seems like she mostly did her albums, songs, and not so much Christmas, but it was in a Christmas setup. Yeah. And she had Lil Nas X do his song. Oh, okay. Did he? Yeah, he did Holiday. Okay, cool. So, wow. Thank you for that amazing update, Case. That was really great. I am going to check out probably some of those, maybe not all of them. Happy to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Our next guest is Caroline Moss. So Caroline and I have known each other for a while. We both worked at the same website at the same time. And even though I started working there in, I think, the springtime, we established fairly early on that she and I were both Christmas freaks. I don't know how we 
gleaned that from each other. Maybe we just were able to like smell it or something. I don't know. But so yeah, Caroline's always been a big Christmas person and we decided to have her on because also now she has a new podcast called G Thanks Just Bought It, which is all about shopping and product recommendations. And she has some very polarizing views on the holiday. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. So let's get into it. Welcome, Caroline. Hello. Thanks for having me, my fellow Christmas, my brethren in the Christmas (laughs) fandom. So you tweeted recently that the best way to watch the holiday is to skip all the Cameron Diaz scenes. (laughs) And I was really surprised because I kind of feel the opposite. So can you explain? Yeah, me too. What the hell, you guys? To skip Cameron Diaz is to skip Jude Law. Well, okay, so there are some caveats. I think it's worthless to start the movie at the beginning if you've already (laughs) seen it. I think you want to get to the part where they're both on the Home Exchange website, Cameron sitting in her kitchen, uh, Kate Winslet is listening to James Taylor and crying and like lighting her gas and trying to like (laughs) stick her head in the oven. That's Um, so crazy that they just like throw that like Sylvia Plath moment in there and they never... (laughs) do anything with it he, like throws open the windows like this movie would have ended after seven minutes had had nancy myers let her do that <laughs> um so i mean look if you know how if you already know how the movie starts and most people i think at this point have seen the holiday it's 15 years old or 14 years old um wow like yeah i know you don't have to watch the beginning like yes uh jasper bloom is marrying sarah not Kate Winslet, she goes home and cries. The Cameron Diaz, Edward Burns moment, that whole thing is so painful for me to watch. That's what sort of sparked my whole opinion. I hate that beginning Cameron scene. It's some of the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. Do you think so? Does it bother you like thematically? In what sense? Like, are you annoyed at either of the characters for their behavior or is it truly just an acting issue no it's act it's an acting issue for me um i think edward burns is fine i think cameron diaz is like on an entirely different like i expect i have high expectations for cameron diaz and that scene always reads to me very like kind of tv special christmas wow but i'm picky you know i have a lot of opinions i've seen the holiday like six thousand times i've seen it long i've seen it enough to formulate such strong opinions but this is just a sign of my abnormality other people have other things to think about well a lot of people agreed with you right i think i I think it was like 70 30 on in the majority of, of my opinion yeah see the thing that i love about the cameron diaz scenes is the cotswolds like i just love seeing the little cottage and the snow which by the way it does not snow in the uk i mean it does in the north but she's really close to where i live now and it never snows they just (gasps) lied it was just a false thing that i fully believed but don't tell me that okay it ruins it it's like so warm here all winter. It's not well, now like I'm in Los Angeles and I'm where, so, okay. So a fun fact is that the house, okay. I agree with you. I love watching the cottagey scenes. I love watching the scenes with the fort and the three musketeers and the little girls, like those things supersede my Cameron Diaz rule. Like, but also, but like the scene where, 
uh, Jude Law and Cameron Diaz are at lunch and she's like, my parents got divorced and that's why I don't cry. It's like, I don't need to watch that. I don't care. But I will watch the scene where the little girls are like, daddy, who is it? And then they like, she, they open all the, that's fine. Mr. Napkin Head, classic. Yes. But yeah, and she realizes that the women texting were actually his daughters. His daughters, right. Which, I get it for movie's sake, but I have some questions about Olivia and Sophie having their own phones. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. It, and it's 2006, so it's not that ubiquitous. It's fine. But, like, but I think it's just that early... It's that early Cameron Diaz scene that just starts the movie off on a bad note for me, so I just skip through it. But you that house, funnily enough... Oh, go ahead, Casey. I was just going to say, it's like, it kind of doesn't fit with her character for the rest of the movie. Like, I feel like she was too expressive in that scene and too upset. Yes. It, like, doesn't fit. You're right. Yeah, she's like, oh, I'm unemotional. That's my whole thing. But, like, she literally throws a emotional tantrum in the first scene. And that's fine. But it's like, okay, so you have some, like, emotional uh, maturity. Like, you can do that. You understand what reaction to have to which thing. But you're right, and maybe I've never even thought of this, like the actual Amanda Woods response would have been to like not really care. And for yeah. Edward Burns to be sort of like begging her to like be involved in this relationship and her to be like, I have work, like, I don't know what you want from me. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. See, the thing that bothers me with the Kate Winslet scenes is just the way that she and Jack Black are both sort of just getting mistreated by these people and still giving them chance after chance after chance. And it drives me insane and I can't even watch it. I'm just like screaming at the TV and I'm like, please stop talking to Jasper and please stop talking to the girl with the short bangs because like <laughs> they're never gonna love you. But right. I love when the old man comes in, he saves it for me. Like he's, the, that's the best story. Totally. Yeah, the best part of the entire movie is the Nancy Myers of it all, the kitchens, the decor, the the scenes, and also, you know, Arthur Abbott, Eli Wallach. Um, that's so cute. I mean, the whole thing is that, like, Cameron Diaz gets all these crazy sex scenes, and then it's, like, Kate Winslet, like, blooping around with Jack Black, and it's, like, give me a sex scene between them. I don't care, like... I would have loved to see that. I don't believe that they're in love. They just seem like kind of two schmeebs stuck together because <laughs> that's how they like, that's how Nancy Myers intended it. I mean, I have a lot of notes. I would love a sequel. Yeah, that would, would be awesome. It would be a sequel to any Nancy Myers movie. The, um, but what I wanted to tell you guys is that now I live in Los Angeles and in the beginning of quarantine in March, one of my activities... Um, you know, back when March lasted like six years and then the rest of the year went by very quickly. Yes. Uh, one of my activities was I would just plug different movie locations into Google Maps and I would just drive and go see movie houses. And it turns out that the Amanda Woods house from the holiday and the Mad Men house um, and the Father of the Bride house are all within literally like a half mile radius. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and Nancy Myers did Father of the Bride too, also as well, not part two. She did both, but um, she did that with her her ex-husband. So she just has a thing for this, this Pasadena area. But there was a day where I was just driving like in front, like back and forth, like past the holiday house going, oh, it's the holiday house. Oh, it's the holiday house. But it's very grand looking. It's very cool. 
That is really cool. Do you think that part of the reason why you, the Kate Winslet storyline resonates so much with you is because you are a transplant to LA because like you moved there from New York, which I would argue is more sort of similar to London compared to LA. Mm -hmm. Like, do you have any sort of like kinship with her character in that way? That's so interesting because this will be the first Christmas that I am in Los Angeles. So I have a big, now I under, so the Santa Ana winds are happening right now. Yeah. Like that, I would literally not know that existed if it wasn't for this movie. And I keep seeing people tweet about it and I, I'm like the holiday. Yeah. 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 When I watched the movie, I was like, is that a real thing? I've, (laughs) I've never heard. I mean, I've never been to LA either, but I had just never heard of it. It's a real thing. I thought they made it up in the movie. There's just a lot of stuff now that I can see, like, um, just sort of hits different, I think. I, I wouldn't say that I, I relate because I think the pandemic puts everything into like a weird perspective. But, you know, there's that scene where Miles is like, it's Christmas Eve. We're going to sit out on the porch or like sit out on the patio and eat Christmas fettuccine. And like, that's the thing that never, I never really thought twice about that line. But like, yeah, I mean, in LA, you can absolutely have dinner on Christmas Eve out on your patio. And like, that's sort of a thing that people do. And we had Thanksgiving outside this year. And so I feel like I'm paying attention to it from a different, um, like a little bit more knowledge. But Cameron Diaz's holiday pool had to have been very heated because Kate Winslet is out there doing laps and is teaching um, Arthur Abbott had a swim and it's not warm in LA in December. Like it, the high is like 70. So okay. the pool must've been really warm. Those are my only thoughts <laughs> about like LA. I'm <laughs> like about LA. Well, I mean, Molly, same question to you. Do you feel like you, are you living in your little Coltswold's cottage and going to that, you know, gourmet grocery store and getting chocolate ornaments? No, I'm living in like, an apartment. I've been looking at cottagey sort of houses that are farther out the last couple of weeks, which is really fun to think about what that would be like because the houses are just so cute here. And like, I can't say that because it's so condescending. I can't say to a British person like, oh my God, your houses are so cute. <laughs> it just right. sounds like so douchey. They're charming. You have to yeah. Say I have charming. to, it's hard to think of other words, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I definitely live some of the Love Actually stuff. Like I, 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 mm. I feel like I'm in Bridget Jones and Love Actually sometimes. Like if I'm walking across one of the bridges and like everyone's got their coats on, not now because no one's out, but like in normal times, I definitely have had those moments of looking around and being like, oh my God, I'm here. And like I lived really close to my first apartment in London was really close to where the little boy and what's his face? The Irish Liam guy, Neeson. Liam Neeson, um, where they sit on the bench and talk yeah. about stuff. I, that was like right next to my house. So that was Isn't that kind of fun. It's yes. Like, oh, I know that bench. I get the biggest kick out of stuff like that. Like I yeah. can't even handle it. I just am like, Oh my God, I'm here. This is the bench. And like put it on my <laughs> Instagram and no one gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I care. Just so you know, I care so much. Okay, thank you. So never thank stop you. posting about it. So I know you're a big Love Actually fan too. So yeah. have you watched it yet this year? No, I'm saving it. That is one movie I can't rewatch. I don't Me know too, why. I save it too. Yeah, once know. a year. I, Home Alone, I can like have on in the background. I can have on even Christmas Vacation in the background, even the holiday in the background. Love Actually, I want to sit and watch once a year and that's it it's like kind of sacred um because i think it is 
problematic in a lot of ways and it is annoying and I don't want to have too much time to think about it. I want to like, <laughs> like I love the family stone, but I would, I'd even watch the family stone multiple times in a season, but love actually, I think I'm going to save until closer to Christmas, like maybe the 23rd or even Christmas Eve. Yeah. Have you guys watched it yet? No, I'm, I'm definitely going to wait until around like very close to Christmas as well. I think it's also like, I want to feel the feels when I watch that movie. And so if I play it too many times in a year, then I'm not going to get the, the tear jerk reaction. So we're going for that, for the cry. Want the emotion. Why do you think we hold that one so close? I have no idea. I think it might be because it's such a slow burn. Like the few first few times I watched it, I couldn't even get through the first like 20 minutes because <laughs> granted I was like 14 when it came out and like watching it with my parents and there was that scene with the stand-ins where they're naked. So I, w- I would always just turn it off because I was That's like, right. this, is, this is too like, awkward. Grab her nipple and you're like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so I don't know. I think it took me a while to start to like it, and then I started to, like, be obsessed with it. It's so good. I I remember seeing it in theaters when I was similarly, like, 13 or 14 or 15 years old. Was it 2004? It was 2000. I think it was 2002, because it was our oh. first trip to London, Casey. When we went to London, there were, or maybe you weren't there, but there were Love Actually billboards everywhere, all over the city was like blanketed in love actually billboards and I was like what the hell is this like this movie is huge and my uncle at the time oh it was 2003 so we were in between but my uncle who lived in the UK at the time was like oh yeah it's some movie that that's coming out that has every single famous British person in it and I was like that's interesting it was also like the first like big ensemble A-lister stunt yeah. cast. And then came like New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day, which were all horrible. I yeah. mean, Love Actually is the only one that really holds. So yeah, if it was 2003, that would have been the Christmas of my junior year in high school. So I actually think I saw it with my friend Allie and we, I don't know if you guys had this in Jersey, but we had junior licenses and then regular licenses and junior licenses, you could not be driving past 9 p.m. So like everything, it was a regular car license. It wasn't a permit. Like you had your license, but you could not be out past 9 p.m. And oh yeah, I don't think we had that. Um, and uh, so it was like, you had to go see like 4 p.m. movies. Like it was like, okay, we're going to meet at the mall at like 3.30. And then we'd all be like, and then we'd go to the Cheesecake Factory and then you'd like race home and be like, oh my God, okay, it's 8.57, I'm home. Um, so I remember seeing it, but and it was like broad daylight. I remember seeing like a matinee showing of Love Actually and being like, this movie is seven hours long. Like, how is this not over yet? Did you like it? Yeah, I think I did like it. I think like, you know, you don't know at the time that you're watching something that's going to become like a iconically seasonal, you know, movie. So I think at the time, and also just being not British, you're like, who are all of these people? But yeah, I mean, look, anything Christmas was great. Like, I, I'm happy, you know. I mean, I love, and I love, you know, you f- you figure out which parts, which storylines are your favorite, which ones you don't like. So, yeah, I feel like that was, you know, the first viewing was like, you know, you have to sort of let it marinate on you. And then all of a sudden it's a movie that you're like, I can't believe I ever had a life where I didn't watch this movie. What? I have a question for you. Okay. Because there's no Thanksgiving in the UK, does Christmas start right after Halloween? Yup. No one gives 
a shit. It's amazing. <laughs> Tell me more. Like, is it literally just like, some stuff starts to come out before Halloween and nobody <laughs> complains about it. And it's the funniest thing to well, me. Those are because, my people. Yeah. This is what I love about like living in another country. In addition to like, you know, having healthcare and everything, I always have to stipulate that that is the best part and we should have it in the U S obviously. But yeah. like the craziest thing is seeing the things that as Americans, we blame on American consumerism or superficiality or something that's uniquely American, but it's actually not. Like in the US, I feel like every year people are like, Christmas is happening earlier and earlier. This is only in America. We're so messed up. Like we're so consumerist and awful. And it's like, actually it happens in Europe way more than it does in America. And it's like, not necessarily because of consumerism. It's just because Christmas right. is fun, I think. And everyone's like, oh, it's getting cold. And like, it's getting dark at 4 p.m. So let's put lights up. Like, it's I not this. That. Yeah, it's not this big, like, evil thing that we make it out to be in the U.S. Mm, I would appreciate that. L.A. is like, you know, I've only ever really lived in New York. So Los Angeles Christmas is friggin' weird because it's as if it looks like April. I mean, every, okay. First of all, it hasn't rained here since March 9th. So it has not rained once during the pandemic. I mean, which is normal. Um, what? I know. I mean, we're just, it doesn't rain in, in, in Los Angeles. So every day is exactly the same. So it's been like a real groundhog situation, but it's really weird that like, you know, the, the weather for May and the weather for December are exactly the same. So you, you, there, people do put lights up, but it's like, there's no leaves, like all the leaves are on the trees. It's warm out. It's like 75 every day. And you see people putting like blow up like Santa's in their front yard, but it's like, it makes no sense on a grassy yard. Like those things look good when there is snow on the ground and those things that's not never going to happen here. So I wish people would stop doing it. Um, Stop doing it? Well, I mean, just like lean into your climate. Like get get climate approach. We have lights up. We have a tree. We have a, you know, a Christmas tree on our deck that people can see from the road. And like, that's fine. But I can't imagine putting up like a inflatable snowman in California. Like, what am I trying to, I don't know. It just doesn't work for me. I'm very particular. Like, should he have board shorts on and be dressed? Yeah, like he's right. And he should be like eating a burrito. Yeah. And like not having a job, which would be very LA of him. <laughs> um, <laughs> no one here has a job. Um, but yeah, I mean that, yeah, that's how I feel about like just kind of experiencing how Christmas is done in a different place. Cause New York is like the epicenter of it in America. Yeah. You know? And you can't beat the New York seasons. Like you just can't beat the seasons True. that we have in the Northeast. It's like perfect. It's like textbook seasons. We have every single perfect. season except spring. Spring like doesn't exist. I feel like it spring just, goes, yeah. 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 It goes winter and then like balls hot, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's like you're wearing a coat and then the next day there's a heat wave and then that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it kind of is in London too. Like fall and spring feel exactly the same and everything. Mm. It's, it is really weird. I'm just like, I need a blizzard. Like when is it going to snow? This is so weird. Yes. It feels it's so much farther north than New York, but it doesn't snow. I am shocked at that. I thought it snowed all the time. Does it just rain? It rains, but it doesn't rain as much as people say it does. Like it's got this reputation for raining, but like, honestly, 
in New York, I would get screwed over by getting caught in a downpour way more frequently than here. I think here it's just, it's, it's gray a lot more of the time and Mm -hmm. there might be a little like baby rain coming down, but Mm -hmm. there's never like the torrential downpour that you get stuck in, in New York. And it just ruins your entire day because your outfit is soaked, you know, it just like doesn't really happen here. Got it. Yeah. So what's your favorite plot line in Love Actually before we close the book on Love Actually? Okay. So when I was younger, I used to love the language barrier um, because I thought it was so romantic. As I am older, I have moved on a little bit from that. I think my favorite plot line is, is Hugh Grant and Natalie. I don't know. I just, they have really good chemistry and I love, I think she's really charming and I think Hugh Grant is amazing, can do no wrong. And I think as I've grown up a little bit, I feel like the hopeless romantic part of me has like abandoned the, like we fall in love, like speaking in two different languages. I don't know. Like something about that is like, oh, that's not really how it works. Learning Portuguese in like three weeks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I do like when he like goes to her village and proposes. Um, Yeah. So I like Hugh Grant. I like Natalie. I, I, I love Emma Thompson. And I think the Alan Rickman stuff is like really good. And I think that lends um, a, level of reality to a love story that I think I didn't appreciate that much as a kid, but as an adult, I appreciate much more. Um, do you think he cheated or do you think he just gave her the necklace? I I think he cheated. I think it doesn't even matter. I think, I think it's like to her, that was a betrayal to her either way. And in her mind, she felt betrayed. And I feel like that's valid. Yes. Yes. So, but yeah, I think he was a pig and I think she was also, and I, oh, and I'm, I don't think Carl is hot. Sorry. Is that, oh. is that like unpopular okay. opinion? What do you guys think? Tell me your favorites. He is like, I think I'm, I'm going to address Carl first. Carl is definitely like objectively a gorgeous man. Like he, oh, he I agree. Is, he's gorgeous, but he's not my type. I would say that like, he doesn't have chest hair. I need chest hair. I need like a little bit more of a rugged face. He's, he's too pretty for me. So I can too see. Pretty, yeah. And I don't like his hair. He looks like Jacques, Luanne de Lesseps ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Jacques wishes. Yeah. Jacques, Jacques wishes, wishes for sure. You guys need to go after we finish this episode, go compare pictures and tell me I'm wrong. I really dare you. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm so I just sad. don't think Carl's hot. Laura Linney's fantastic, but oh, see that plot drives me crazy because I'm like, stop answering your phone. Like it's not gonna yeah. help. He's her brother, and that's all he she has. He has. I know, but I just feel like but she could have Carl too. She could it's have true. some boundaries. She could have a little bit more of a boundary. And there. and there is a little, and there maybe a lot of ableism in there. That's like, oh, if you're the caretaker of like someone who has special needs, then you don't have time to love or be loved. And I think that's a little fucked up. Yeah, that is, that is for yeah. sure. So my like perennial favorite is Billy Mack. I just, no. I love Stop. him. I just love him. He's what so- What is it about that, that plot line that you love? He's just like, he's such a dirt bag and he doesn't care. And like, he's- 
he's not trying to like screw anyone over. He's literally just an ex heroin addict trying to, you know what I mean? Like he's not playing games with anyone. He's not like manipulating people. He's not cheating on his wife. It's just him and his manager, like trying to have a good time and like prove that he's not completely washed up. And I just think he's so funny. I love it. Mm -hmm. I do love that. He, I, I do love that he's like, this Christmas song is bullshit, but like, I guess we need to make some money. Like, I do think that that's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, this movie is like almost 20 years old. So you kind of look at it with a different eye. Yeah. Like, like, think about the things that you thought. I know, Casey, I know you're much younger than us. Jealous, but. um, Just (laughs) not so much younger, slightly younger. (laughs) Okay. They, that counts. The years count and they add up over time. So (laughs) let me just, like, just enjoy. Um, But there is something about like what you kind of perceived as like, oh yeah, like that's what love is. And that's what love looks like. And when you're, when you're 13 versus being in your mid thirties. Yeah. Like what is your preferred, like, like story? Similar to you. I loved the language one the most at first. Yeah. Um, and then, but, but yeah, now it, I think it just changes every time I watch it. Cause like you love one the most and then it gets kind of old and then something else. So I think, you know, which one I like, which is probably the most realistic is the guy who goes to America. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's my favorite, but like, I kind of love that whole thing because it's incredible and He's it pushed- absolutely would happen. Exactly. Like, he goes yeah. to, he chooses Milwaukee. Would it be exactly the same if he went to New York? No, because there are way more accents walking around in New York, but, and, but he goes to Milwaukee right, and, and he goes are like, is like <laughs> she loves British guys yeah. and she's the sexy one. It's just like, <laughs> and we have to sleep naked because we can't afford pajamas. <laughs> so Caroline, you have a podcast about shopping. Mm-hmm. Gee, thanks. Just bought it. It's an awesome podcast, and it really ta- it takes like a really interesting, smart look at shopping. It's great. I love it. Thank you. So, do you have any tips for us about Christmas shopping in general this year? I think it's funny because, like, I feel like in the last couple of years, there's been this like huge swing to you know, let's stop buying stuff and like let's gift experiences and like let's gift you know, the gift of time, like, or I remember like with one friend group that we used to do secret Santa, it's like, why not like skip the secret Santa and go out to like a very nice dinner and like, just spend more money on that. Now you can't do shit. Like now it's like, you can only buy stuff. Um, so I've actually been doing more shopping than I normally would, um, for Christmas gifts, because I feel like it's giving, I'm like buying things for for people that I normally don't exchange gifts with because it is sort of like the only safely, um, it's the only love language that is like safe to do right now. You know, like you can't do quality time. Like you can't do physical touch with too many people. Uh, you, you know, it's like, you, you know, words of affirmation only go so far. Um, so I feel like right now people are really leaning into just like, buying things for people, not just because we all need more stuff though. Like, yeah, I'm sure some people do need or want certain things, but it's like, it is a a tangible way to show that you care in a time where like a lot of our connections have been like really fraught. 
Yeah, that's so true. I mean, I know I'm going way overboard this year with Christmas gifts. Like we just had a conversation with our family that we're only going to get like one gift per person from each couple of like me and Nick, Casey and her husband and my parents. But Mm -hmm. I've already bought like three different things for everyone because I'm just like, what else am I going to do all day? What else are you going to do? It's fun. And also like you kind of, it's funny because you know what the next, not the next year, and I hope not the next year, um, is going to look like, but you know, you can get gifts on like a theme that it's so much easier to shop for people right now because everyone's doing the exact same thing. So like, you know, cozy clothes or like a nice robe or like a nice candle or like an activity, like all of these things, you know, no matter who you gift them to, they're going to go to good use because, you know, if you're friends with a lot of people who are following the rules, then like everyone's going to be doing the same things. Whereas, you know, get, having a holiday season when a season when everyone's on a different rhythm, someone's always traveling. Sometimes it's really hard to find like a good gift, but I feel like I keep finding things that are going to work for people simply because there's only like four options. Yeah, that's so true. Definitely. But yeah, we are doing Christmas like in exchange with like a couple that is, oh, I already talked about them. The, um, our, my friend Alex, who will not watch any movie that has not been in theaters. Um, so we were like, oh, we're going to do one gift from each of us to each of us. And then his wife, who was one of my best friends and I were texting her, oh, we already went over. Like we already bought everybody like four things. <laughs> like, what else are we going to do? And I haven't really spent any money this year. Why I haven't gone to do anything. Not traveling. I'm not eating out. There's no Uber. Like, I'm. I might as well buy stuff for other people. Yeah. Do you have any tips this year for like shopping small or kind of how we can avoid Amazon? You know, it's funny. Like Amazon. So Amazon is difficult because I love it, but I know it's bad. But the thing that Amazon is also a lot of small businesses do sell on Amazon. So, um, and that's something I hear from a lot of G Thinks listeners who are like a little bit more versed than I am. Um. And it's like, as long as your thing isn't being fulfilled by Amazon, it's usually coming from some type of small business. But the thing about small businesses is that the time to shop from them for Christmas would have been like a couple of weeks ago, just because shipping is nuts. So I think that unless you're a kid who's expecting a Santa Claus gift, I think forget the shipping time. You know, if you see something perfect from a small business, buy it absolutely, because that's better than Amazon. And, you know, like, these are all, like, usually people's houses, one-person, two-person teams. Like, this gift might not come until January. I'm sure whoever you're buying for will understand, unless, like I said, they're six years old. Just shop small, and if you get someone a gift and it comes in January, then, like, what a nice treat, because what are we going to be doing in January anyway? So, like, I've really just been leaning into, like, when it comes, it comes, you know, saying to the small business, like, you know, take your time, no rush, no big deal. These gifts are for 30 year olds. <laughs> like no one's going to be like stamping their feet on Christmas morning and being like, yeah, I didn't get my gift. So <laughs> I'm just <laughs> trying my best. Or there's a lot of stuff you can do that's like, you know, electronic. Like I got a bunch of people, um, some like Libro.fm subscriptions, which is like an audiobook su- subscription, and you can pick your favorite. So it doesn't, you don't buy the audiobook through Amazon. It 
when you buy it, it supports a local bookstore. So you can, you can pick which independent bookstore that you want your purchase to support. And then like 30% of your audiobook purchase, like supports that bookstore. So, um, yeah, so it's really cool. cool. I'll send you guys links. It like leans into technology. I get it. Some people like listening to audiobooks, like when they're driving or while they're doing dishes or doing chores or just like sitting on their couch. And this is a way to also support small business. So, and then also like the gift is there within seconds. So I feel like there's just a lot of different ways you can avoid Amazon if you want to, but just keep in mind that every single person in the world is relying on shipping right now. And so the drawback or the, you know, the sacrifice you make by, um, you know, patronizing a small Biz, is it patronizing or patronizing when you are shopping? I think it's patronizing. Patronizing? When you're shopping from a small business that, <laughs> um, that you know, like it's going to take as long as it's going to take to ship. Right. Um, I, I can't get over people who are like making complaints about shipping times right now. It's yeah, like, that's... What is wrong with you? That's absurd. Every <laughs> We forget so quickly. Like whenever people are like, after the pandemic, everything's going to be different. Everyone's going to be so nice. I'm like, no, no. Like, like humans are so adaptable to a fault where as soon mm-hmm. as we get a little bit of something nice, we're like, I've deserved this my entire life. Like how oh, yeah. could it not come in three hours? Like, oh it- yeah, we did like takeout for Thanksgiving and like we, um, I was standing waiting for the food and it, it took like an hour because everyone is doing takeout for Thanksgiving and all of these people, the same people who were like, we have to shop restaurants and like save the restaurant business are like, fuck you. Like, where's my dinner? Like I've been standing here. It's like, okay. All right. Like, just calm down. You will eat again. It's fine. Yeah. Like you're not going to starve to death Yeah, and you have nowhere to be. Right. Yeah. Where are you going? <laughs> We've all got time right now. Like we Nothing can wait. It. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's hard. It's hard because it's like, Amazon is so everywhere um, that it's hard to be like, even sometimes I'm like, oh, like I love buying stuff from Zappos and everyone's like, oh, Amazon owns Zappos. I'm like, oh shit. Like, it's it's like, I mean, it's real. It's truly scary. You know, it's like, it's just, it's, they're everywhere. But yeah, I do try to, I mean, I feel like I love my Kindle and I love reading on my Kindle. If I'm buying a hard copy of a book, I buy it from bookshop.org. If I'm buying an audiobook, I do Libro.fm. And then sometimes I just have to like say like, well, this is my thing and I'm going to, Yeah. Know, sometimes you just got it. Sometimes you just got it. What about you guys? Like where, where, like what, where are you shopping? So I don't know what I can't say. Cause I got most of the people I've been shopping for is Casey and our mom. Oh, so, okay. You- I got some good stuff. I will say one thing that I got for my mom. I'm not going to say what it was because I know she's going to probably hear this, but it is one of the advertisers for Who Weekly. And I'm really happy that I learned about it through Who Weekly. So that was cool. And I used their code. So I was able to, I guess, kind of um, got a little you know, deal. support them and support this startup that I got it from. Love it. What else am I getting? There's this store in the UK. It's not that small of a shop small, but it's called Oliver Bonas and they always have the cutest stuff. And I get Nick's family every year, like everything from there. They just have cute little quirky things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And our shops opened back up. So I think I am going to go out and try to get some things like during the day sometime this week, just to get like hit the local stores and help them a little bit. 
but yeah. What about you, Case? Um, I got like two presents on Etsy, so that was fun. I like checking out Etsy and seeing what they have going on on there. And actually, I think they already shipped, so. Nice. It was in, it was like in a week and a half or something like that. Um, but yeah, otherwise I, I, um, cannot say too much either because they're for you. <laughs> they're all of Okay, you guys can both call me separately so I can find out what you bought each other. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> what, are, what are like some places that you're buying from Caroline besides, um, the Libro and everything. Okay. So some of my favorite small businesses are, okay. So this G thanks listener does, um, resin coasters that have like quotes of your choice on them. And I'm obsessed with them. So I ordered like a ton of them for people. Um, I'll have to show you, it's called Delancey. If you guys have your computers open, which you do, because we're on the computer right now. Um, it's called Delancey Collective on Etsy. And it's like glitter and it's so fun and I love it. And I love like a little personalized gift. So I've been doing that. I bought, um, I bought lounge pants from this um, new startup called Jammies, which is just like they're Ooh. so comfy. They're expensive, but they're comfortable. But again, lounge pants, a thing that I probably up until this year wasn't spending a lot of my budget on, but now I'm like, well, I haven't worn jeans in a year. So everything I wear has to be comfortable. Um, what else am I buying? Otherland candles. I'm really obsessed with. I feel like it has a diptyque feel at a Yankee candle price. Um, I know really good. And a good throw, which is a, which is a, word I learned recently. Do you know what that is? A throw? Like a throw? A blanket? blanket? Yeah. No, the candles have a throw, which means how far across the room does the scent get? What? I know. It was one of those, and I swear to God, you will see it three times today, both of you. Like, after I learned it, someone was like, what's the throw like? And I was like, this is not a thing that people say. Like, I learned it, and then two seconds later, someone was like, oh, I love this candle, but it didn't have a good throw. And I was like, how did everyone know about this word? Um, and yeah, I've just been doing a lot of gifts. What else did I get people this year? Um, oh, I got my sister Olive and June um, nail polish. Like they have this whole entire manicure kit that like has all of the stuff you need, all the tools, like uh, a cuticle serum and nice clippers and a buffer and the polish and the top coat. And I got her one of those because I think she really does miss manicures. Um, don't we all? And yeah, I mean, look, if you put it in front of me, I will buy it this year. That is what I've learned about me this (laughs) year. There were two months where I was like, well, I'm saving so much money because I'm not shopping at all. And then like something in me switched and I was like, I cannot, if a pack, like I need a package coming to the house every single day (laughs) in order to be happy. Um, Oh, another shannonbethstudio.com, which is Shannon Keating. Um, who was my colleague at BuzzFeed, makes these polymer clay um, earrings. And they're so, so cute. And I, I got Dan, I won't let him listen to this episode until after Christmas, but I got Dan a very colorful like wall hanging out of like all these different shapes of clay for his office that he'll love. Um, yeah, look, like I said, I will buy it. Show it to me, I will buy it. <laughs> if you're a small business out there, get my email. <laughs> email me. I will keep you in business. I promise. I've been nonstop spending money. The thing that I always think of that I want that you put on my radar is the weighted blanket. Oh yeah. That, 
Are you still using it? Yeah. 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 I've still I love not it. Gotten. I love Where was it. that from? That, so I got one from Amazon a long time ago, uh, maybe four or five years ago. Actually, recently there was a, so this company got in touch with us about their product. They were on Shark Tank and now the product is back ordered, but I will send you guys a link. It's called the Hug Sleep. And it is literally like, you know how babies go into like a swaddling blanket and they can't move their arms or their legs? It's that, but for adults. And they sent me one and they said to me like, for the first three nights, you're going to be, it's going to be really weird and really uncomfortable, but then it's going to be amazing. And I was like, look, I'm going to be honest with you. That's not a solid, like, that's not a solid pitch for me personally. Like, oh, for the first three nights, you're going to hate it, but then you're going to love it. It's like, well, I'm never going to make it through those first three nights, but I forced myself to do it for the good of the podcast. And I swear to God, I've never slept better in my life. It's supposed to be the sensation of a weighted blanket without the heat. So it's as if you were stuffing yourself into like a legging leg that has like no <laughs> hole at the bottom. I mean, there's room, but you can, I just Google it. Hug, called? hug sleep, the hug sleep sleep pod. It is, <laughs> I bought one for my best friend. I called her and told her, I was like, it's not coming till January because they're on back order, but it's the sleep pod adult swaddle. And it was on here. Can you guys? Oh my God. I'm looking at it. It looks ridiculous. Insane. I said to somebody that it's the only, it is. So Molly, you're in a long-term relationship. Casey, you're married. You can both use these because if you're dating anyone that does not have to fill out any sort of paperwork in order to leave you, you're allowed to use this because if you were dating someone that could literally just up and leave. If they saw you in this adult swaddle, you'd never see them again. So I felt comfortable being like, I mean, literally at night, like Dan gets into his bed and I like shimmy into my like spandex thing. And it's just my head popping out of like this spandex and it is so comfortable. It's, I can't get over it. All right. Well, we've learned so much, Caroline. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. This was so wonderful. And you both look very cozy and Christmassy right now. Oh, thank you. Thank Thanks. you so much for coming on. We're so Absolutely. happy that we got you on. I know you are a Christmas queen and it's a been Christmas a joy. Queen. Merry Christmas, you guys. Have a great holiday. Okay, I need that full body stocking snuggie condom thing that she was talking about. <laughs> I need it in my life immediately. I have not been sleeping. Like I said, Thanksgiving destroyed me. And my body is still digesting from two weeks ago. So I, I, I'm going to either get that or a weighted blanket. Yeah. Wow. That, that was a lot. Now I'm thinking about getting that too. I don't know how to tell Dan, but you know, might be joining us soon. Yeah. He'll cope. Yeah. So this week I stumbled upon a really interesting story, um, on the history channels website. And it's all about how Christmas was celebrated in the 13 colonies. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it sort of it, it sort of harkens back to our conversation with Caroline about how people there are a lot of Christmas naysayers and people who are like we have to get through Thanksgiving first blah blah blah. Those people, I would say, are the spiritual descendants of the Puritans. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, because so the Puritans came over obviously from like England and the reason why they left is because they were such religious 
freaks that everyone in England was like, you guys are really harshing our vibe. You got to get the hell out of here. So they came over to the US and they've been ruining everyone's fun ever since. And you can really still see this strain of sort of like dour religiosity in in America today. So basically what happened was back in the day in Europe when things were still very catholic and it was still like sort of half catholic half protestant during this time but the Christmas celebration had a more Catholic vibe to it, and it had a very pagan vibe to it. There was a lot of pomp and circumstance, which is Catholic, and there was also a lot of partying and gambling and acting a fool, which was a little bit more pagan. So there was no real concept. I'm really simplifying a lot, and this is all based on one article, so I mean, I'm not a historian, but this is my understanding of it. This is the crown version of the history of Christmas in America. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting the broad strokes, right. But some of the things I say might not be hundred percent accurate, but so in, during this time period in Europe, it seems that there wasn't really a ton of Christianity in the Christmas season. It was really sort of what we see in the U S and Europe today. It was just an end of year party pretty much with a lot of lights, maybe yeah, with doing the- a lot of candles, lights, food, everyone takes off work like all the most fun things about Christmas. So when the Puritans came over to the U.S. and what was actually just the colonies back then, it wasn't the U.S. yet, they decided they wanted to purge all of these Roman Catholic and sort of pagan-esque traditions, which which extended to Christmas. Ah, So during this time, Christmas lasted two weeks, and it was literally two weeks of feasting, gambling, drinking, and masquerade balls. It was 25th of December to 6th of January. Everyone was going buck wild. And when they moved over here, they were like, we're not doing that. Man. So, but, okay, here's what I don't get about that. Like, they were religious though, right? So, but, but they just didn't like a celebration? You mean the people who were not Puritans? No, like, aren't the Puritans, like, they would have been glad that Jesus was born. Yeah, but they don't want drinking. They don't want partying. They don't want merriment. They don't want dancing. So they were just like, cancel Christmas. They were like, we're going to go to church and think about Jesus on Christmas. Like, that's it. And on top of that, it was tough times in the new world. So there wasn't, people didn't really have enough money to go super crazy anyway. So like Christmas in America kind of sucked in the colonies. This is interesting because if they didn't like Christmas, like imagine the Puritan idea of America now with every holiday we have, like it's National Donut Day. I know, oh my God, they would lose their shit. They'd be like, this is wrong. You're worshiping false idols. But the other thing is there were some people who just came to the colonies because they wanted to like make money. And those people would have been all on aboard the Christmas crazy train, you know? So not everyone was a Puritan, but the people who were, they were trying to like harsh the vibe for the new world and not let it be, you know? Man. Yeah. So when did it like turn around? Oh my God. In Massachusetts, the Puritans made Christmas illegal. Whoa. That's intense. So yeah, that's really crazy. Puritans came to power after 
in like the mid 1600s and they banned the celebration of Christmas, Easter, and all the various saints days. In their strict view of the Bible, only the Sabbath was sacred. Christmas with its pagan roots was especially unacceptable. Shoot. Yeah. And they were like, having a day off is wrong according to the Bible is what they said. And you would have, if you took the day off on Christmas or if you had a feast, you would get a five shilling fine in Massachusetts. (laughs) Talk about a mass hole, huh? (laughs) Jesus. Five shillings. I know. My gosh, you could buy a Dunkin' Donuts latte with that. Yeah. So they did have um, the people who weren't Puritans who came over. That was the mummers. The mummers. So they would have mumming, they called it. Okay. They would have mumming and wassailing. So they would put these crazy outfits on, like the mummers. They would go from house to house, put on plays and perform. So these are like the normal people that came over, like the non-Puritans. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think people outside of Philly really know what mummers are as much. Oh, yeah. Why don't you tell us what mummers are? So there's a big parade on New Year's Day in Philadelphia every year. And um, most, like, most people in Philly don't even really go out New Year's Eve. It's more about like day drinking on New Year's Day. So maybe you do something like more relaxing on New Year's Eve. Or you try and do both, which is always um, not the move. But, you know, we've all tried it. <laughs> and so the... <laughs> I'm so many pictures are running through my mind right now. Um, but the Mummers Parade goes down um, Broad Street and then like turns up, I don't know which street, and they end up near Second Street, which is called Two Street that day. The rest of the year it's Second Street, but that day it's Two Street. And Why? The Mum- uh, it's just the tradition. You go to Two Street and like party after the parade. That's so funny. So that's where like some of the Mummers like clubhouses or whatever are set up. I don't know too much about it, but, but it's basically these different um, groups in Philly and they all come up with a different theme for the year and wear these crazy outfits and like they all have like umbrellas and they're, um, they do a parade on New Year's Day. Very cute. So it's, it's so well known in Philly, but outside of Philly, like I don't know where the mumming tradition has continued. Yeah, that would be interesting to figure out. Maybe we can figure that out for next week. Yeah, definitely. So it seems that it wasn't until the Revolutionary War that Christmas became an officially recognized holiday. And even in 1789, Congress held its first session on Christmas Day. They were like, screw it. This isn't even a holiday. We're having our first session. Isn't that crazy? On Christmas Day. Yeah, they didn't declare it a national holiday until 1870. That is wild. Yeah. Yeah. So that was when Santa Claus came into the picture and giving gifts and everything and blah, 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 blah. So before that, it was just really like a drinking and partying and gambling holiday. I love that. I know. I mean, I think that's basically what it is in our family. Maybe not gambling, but. <laughs> we, could, like, we could start. <laughs> yeah. I know also from when I read um, a biography about Queen Victoria, Queen Victoria and Prince Albert started the Christmas tree tradition in the UK. It was a tradition in Germany where Albert grew up and then he brought the trees into Buckingham Palace and they originally would hang them from the ceilings. Ceilings. Wow. What a visual. I know. A tree hanging from the ceiling. And then they were probably like, you know, the bottom of the stump doesn't look that great. Let's just put them on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
But that was probably around the same time that Christmas came more into vogue here too, interestingly enough. Yeah. In the 1800s. So who's your holiday cheermeister for the week, Case? Oh my God. There, I mean, there's so many this week with all those Christmas specials, but I think I'd have to go with Todrick Hall because he came up out with his new song, Bells, Bows, Gifts. Shoot, what was it? Bells, Bows, Gifts, Trees. And it's so good. He says, I don't dance, I prance. I don't slay, I slay. Um, he says, Santa's thick with three C's. It's, I mean, there's just so much gold in there to unpack. I haven't even like begun to, to process it all. So definitely loving Todrick for just dropping that banger on us. And it's got some 2020 jokes in there too. Like it's what we need right now. Yeah. It's like the WAP of Christmas time. Yeah. It's really, really good. Like just every single line, you're just like, oh my God, that was great. Oh my God. That was great. Did you hear what he said? That was great. Yeah. The whole time. And then there's a music video. That's great. Also. Yeah. Love it. We need to get that to be the Christmas number one, which doesn't exist outside of the UK and it won't be the Christmas number one, but if love actually was real life, that's what we would be trying to do. Yeah. Like, is that actually a thing in the UK? Yeah, it is. We should have that. I know. It's not a Christmas song though. It's just a normal song. Usually it's very weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's my holiday cheermeister. Thank you, Todrick. Miles, who is your cheermeister this week? My holiday cheermeister is Kristen Stewart. And not because of Happiest Season, but because I just realized on my Royals show that I do with Us Weekly every week, it hit me that Kristen Stewart's new Princess Diana biopic is a Christmas movie. (gasps) How? It takes place over Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and Boxing Day. Wait, really? Yes. Oh my God, that's going to be so good. I know. It's when the royal family's at Sandringham and it's supposed to be the, and it's very fictionalized, but it's supposed to be the three days that Diana realizes she has to leave the royal family. Wow. I love that. See, they're doing, they're putting a spin on it that like, I love the crown, but they, you know, we've all kind of heard those, well, not everyone, but royal fanatics like you and I have heard those stories before. This is getting into the nitty gritty. Yes. That's what I love about it. So the director is Pablo Lorraine and he did the Jackie movie with Natalie Portman. Have you seen that one? I still haven't seen it. Oh my God. It's so good. And it's my favorite kind of adaptation because it's not a faithful adaptation. It's like you're saying, it's a highly stylized deep dive into something and we will never know how accurate it is or isn't because it portrays moments that the public didn't have access to the Jackie movie is the three days is a three-day period following JFK's death so it's super personal it's super like tight and close in on her and her psyche but it's just an incredible film and I think this is going to be the same way because it's the same director it's going to be probably based barely at all in recorded fact, but it's going to be just an incredible, moody, aesthetically amazing film. And I cannot wait. And it's going to be the best royal Christmas fashion. Like the royal ladies know how to do Christmas fashion. And that I cannot wait for. So are they filming this now? Has it already been filmed? Like what, what are the dates here? I don't, I think COVID probably just completely disrupted the the schedule for it they it's not in the can yet because they just announced it it was just in pre-production over the summer I think so yeah it won't it won't have been shot yet 
Darn. I'm yeah. so excited. Maybe, I know. Maybe, maybe next Christmas. I think hopefully next Christmas it'll come out because yeah, I don't think it'll take too long to shoot because if it's anything like the Jackie film, it doesn't have that many setups. It's kind of like very one-on-one in one house. So it would probably not take too long to shoot. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So hopefully it'll be out by next Christmas and I think it's going to be a real banger. And Kristen Stewart is becoming a holiday cheermeister, a perennial holiday cheermeister. Well, Case... Wait, what about our projects for the week? Did you do a Christmas project this week? Or did you just get drunk and hung over? I think I just got drunk and hung over. Did <laughs> you do a of... Christmas project? Yes, I did. What did you do? I made a bouche de Noel. <gasps> what? You didn't even post it on Instagram or anything. No, I wanted to, to have this reveal right now. <laughs> wow, how did it go? I just did it last night also. So I figured I might as well just wait. Um, I actually haven't tasted it together yet, but like I tasted it as I went along and it was so good. I found, I Googled gluten-free Bouche de Noel, which this recipe is gluten-free, but not because she eats gluten-free. She just wanted to make it that way. Like the one at park in Philadelphia where we go for my birthday every year. So we go around Christmas and we get the Bouche de Noel. That one's gluten-free too. It's just like a dessert that It's like naturally gluten-free because it's kind of a, on Sugar Rush holiday, they would call it a confection. (laughs) So it's it's not, it's not like a cake. It's like a, it's a confection. Yeah. Like it's more frosting than it is the cake at all. And the cake is made of eggs basically. Like you whip up the egg whites, add some sugar, you whip up the egg yolks, add some sugar and some chocolate, put them together and then you have to like roll it and then make the frostings. It really wasn't as difficult as yet last year's British Bake Off holidays made me think it would be. So I'm really excited. I did like the easiest one you could find, but I mean, I mean, I could definitely get more um, creative with the flavors in the future and we're going to eat it tonight. So excited about it. Definitely. I think the- um, You didn't taste it yet? No. But I tasted like the bits of it as I was going along. Like I've tasted the the filling and the frosting. That's exciting. What are the main components of it? So like I said, first you do the eggs for the cake, which is in a 10 by 15 pan. And it's a really thin little layer of cake. So as soon as it comes out of the oven, you roll it up with a towel, a clean dish towel so that it gets that rolling ability because if you were just going to let it lay flat you wouldn't be able to then roll it up and you let it cool you make the frosting which was like a chocolate and coffee kind of frosting or no filling sorry that's the filling and then also the frosting which was a mocha buttercream wow that's got a little bit of coffee in it as well that sounds very involved yeah i know and these recipes say like the recipe said 15 minutes of prep or no, 30 minutes of prep and 15 minutes of baking time. Like the time that they give you on recipes is such a joke. Yeah, that's so true. I'm like, what about when I have to go to the store and buy, you know, instant coffee? Cause I don't have any instant, like, no, it took me like three hours, but also I just go kind of nuts with, with the icing when I'm done with baking. So then after everything's cooled and chilled, you have to put a layer of filling on top of the cake and then roll the cake back up with the filling inside of it. And then you chop off the two ends if you want to add branches to your uh, By the way, bouche de Noel means Yule log. 
I should have said that in the beginning. (laughs) Darn it. Um, But it ends up looking like a log that's been cut. So it'll have a a nice swirl in the middle. So if anyone has watched that Great British Bake Off from, I think it was season two last year, holiday version, they're like, well, let me see the swirl. It's all about the swirl. You know, the swirl is the big deal here. So, um, and I got a pretty good swirl. It's kind of like horizontal, but it still is a nice, neat swirl. Wow. And then at the end, you add those little stumps to it wherever you want and frost it. And then add some confectioner sugar on top so it looks like it just snowed. Cute. And then you can add like rosemary and some berries to make it look. And, and people do meringue mushrooms too. Like you can make it as like foresty looking as you want or just leave it as a little boosh. Very nice. I can't wait to see a picture and I wish I could taste it. Well, I might make it in the future for holidays. So cool. I think you're going to have to. Yeah, I'm excited. So that was my project. My project was just making promotion videos for this podcast. It took a lot of time this week. (laughs) So how's that? (laughs) That's true. That counts. (laughs) And please, everyone, rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. We have like no reviews. It's really embarrassing. Yeah, please do. If you're looking for a nice Christmas or birthday present for either one of us, that could get you off the hook real easy. It's free. It'll only take you about five minutes, two minutes. Yeah, we need you guys to help us spread the cheer to more people so that they can hear our podcast. I am doing a a project this week. I am going to make a gingerbread house, so. Are you? Yeah. Is it going to be gluten-free? No, it's going to be gluten-full. I just feel like no one eats the house, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you have to put it together and then just look at it, so I'm probably just going to make it with all the crap ingredients. All right. Well, I think that's it for this week. I'm excited to see what the week brings in Christmas news. Yeah. We're just cruising through this holiday season. Honestly, it's like flying by. It's going so fast. I can't believe this is our fifth episode too. I know. And we are only going to have like two more until Christmas. Oh, crazy. We got to amp it up. Yeah, we do have to amp it up. So everybody send us your trees. Send us your dogs. We're loving seeing Dudley DeDrew. Shout out to little Dudley Doggy. He's doing a great Christmas job. And send us all your stuff. We just love it and we want to see it. Yes, and keep enjoying the holiday season. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.